For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Amen? Amen. God the Father gave a wonderful gift and he gave Jesus to save the world. If you need salvation today, all you have to do is receive the gift that Almighty God gave to the world, Jesus. If you'll accept Jesus, you'll be saved, you'll be forgiven, heaven will be your home. Amen? That's a good gift. I don't know about you. If you've never received that gift, you need to receive Jesus. And in Jesus wanted to give a gift just like his daddy. So Jesus said, I want to give a gift to my church. And the gift that Jesus gave to the church is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? He said, I want to give my church a gift. <coughs> Listen to the words of Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 16. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, listen to what he says, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now that's good news. <laughs> he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Listen to what he says, but however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Listen to what the Holy Spirit does. The spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Oh, church, the Holy Spirit speaks. Amen? He speaks to his church. Jesus says, he will tell you things to come. Oh, that's good. He will glorify me. He said, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. He'll glorify God the Father. He'll glorify Jesus. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Amen? Jesus said, I'm going to go away. But when I leave, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to forget about you. I'm going to send you a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you. That's good news, church. That's good news, church. I'm going to say this. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is on the earth today, and His ministry should be alive and active in the heart and life of the believer and in the heart and life of His church. Amen? Active, alive. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. Amen? He's alive. You just experience the living God among us. He's here. I don't know them. They don't know me. They show up and the Holy Spirit ministers just like that. Isn't it wonderful? It's glorious. You can't, you can't make it up. You can't fabricate it because he's real. I want to say this to you, that the Mississippi Gulf Coast needs a church. And I want the church to be this church. 
Now, I'm not bold enough, Brother Paul, to say that we're going to be the only church on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that will do this. But I'm saying to the Holy Spirit today, I want this church to be a church on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that believes in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We'll not hold him back. We'll not quiet him down. We'll not bind him up. But we'll say, Holy Spirit, we loose you in your ministry and you can do what you want. Amen. 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 The Mississippi Gulf Coast needs a church where we'll allow the Holy Spirit to manifest His personality among us with no restraints, no regards. The only, the only restriction that the Holy Spirit we have is that He flows according to this book and His Word. If it goes outside the bounds of the Bible, then it's not Him. Amen. But if it's with inside the confines of the Holy Scriptures, then we're going to turn him loose whether, we, whether you understand it or not, whether it goes past your Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal traditions or not. We're going to let the Spirit of God move. Amen. Amen? That's what we want. That's what we desire. We need the Holy Spirit's ministry in our personal lives. We need the Holy Spirit's ministry in the life of the church. This is Jesus' gift to us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't stop there because not only did the God the Father give a gift and not only did Jesus give a gift, but the Holy Spirit now wants to give a gift too. Amen? Amen. So when you, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and you're born again, you're born again and you're baptized in the Christ, you're born again into the family of God, heaven is your home, amen? Isn't that good news? All your sins are forgiven, you're washed white as snow, Jesus becomes your Lord and your Savior, and then Jesus says, hey, you're my son, you're my daughter, you're my brother, you're with me, I got a gift for you, and he wants to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've never received that gift, you need to open up your heart, open up your mouth and say, just like salvation, you have to request it. You have to ask for it. You have to believe you receive him. And you say, I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives me. And then the Holy Spirit wants to give a gift. And the Holy Spirit's gift to the church, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, which we're celebrating today, the Holy Spirit imparts Power into the life of a believer. Amen. The Holy Spirit's gift is the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he endues you with the power of Almighty God to live the Christian life in a victorious way, in a powerful way. And the evidence of it is the ability to speak in tongues. That's the sign that the Holy Spirit is given. When this happens to you, then you'll know, oh my goodness, I've just been baptized in the power of Almighty God, in the Spirit of God. And then he does something very unique on the inside of us. He opens up and unlocks our spirit. Amen? Listen, I am a spirit. That's what I really am. I really am a spirit. I have a soul, a, a will, a mind, and emotions, and I live in this body. This body one day will die, but it's not the real me. 
This flesh will decay and go away, but the real me on the inside of me is going to come out one day. And that spirit on the inside of me that's been born again because I received Jesus and I received the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, he's inside of me. He lives in me. And if the same thing is for you, that's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the Holy Spirit's gift to us is the ability to open up our, our spirit. We can pray out of our spirit in a heavenly language. We can pray in a language, and the Bible says that this language has the ability to supernaturally charge your life. Amen. Build up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And if you'll, just like you need to charge a battery that's dead, you can, you can charge yourself up. You can, you can grab a hold of the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues, and He will supernaturally charge you up. Amen. The Bible calls it, the praying in other tongues or the praying in the Spirit, it's to be done as a direct communication to heaven. When you pray in an unknown tongue, it says you don't pray unto men, you pray unto God. It's a hotline. How many of you grew up like me, watch Adam West and Batman? <laughs> Batman and Robin. Remember they had the bat phone? I'm telling you, man, the, the praying in tongues is like picking up the bat phone. It's like putting the bat signal in the sky. It's a direct communication line straight to heaven. It's a prayer that it's a, it's a supernatural language of heaven that the enemy can't understand and can't know. And it's the ability to pray direct prayers. The Bible really calls them perfect prayers. Amen? It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about the ministry of of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's the, it's the wish of Jesus that the baptism of the Holy Spirit happen to every believer. He gives the Holy Spirit to us and we should receive Him and then we should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit which is the ability to pray in the supernatural language. I want you to see the power behind it. The power of the anointing, when the anointing of God is in the room, when the anointing of God comes, in the Old Testament, when the anointing came upon the prophets, they could do wonderful supernatural things, could they not? They could outrun chariots and horses. <laughs> they can beat a horse down a mountain. That's unbelievable to me. The anointing would come upon them and, they could, and the mighty men could take a sword and, and, and kill hundreds of people. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and the Bible says his sword cleaved into his hand. You can be like Shama and, 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 and defend your pea patch and, and beat an entire troop of the, of the enemy. Why? Because the Spirit of God and the anointing of God would come upon a person. Isaiah said it like this, and it shall come to pass. In Isaiah chapter 10, 27, the prophetic word from the prophet, he said, and it shall come to pass in that day, that his burden shall be taken from off your shoulder, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Let me read it to you again. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken off your shoulders. How many of you would like some burdens removed from your life? Just think about it now. Burdens, the burdens of life. I'm 53 years old, and I've had a lot of burdens on me over the years. Amen? I don't like to be burdened down. Jesus said, if you're burdened down, he said, 
all you that are labor and heavy laden. He says, come to me. My, my, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come to me. I'll remove your burden. Isn't that good news? It says, he sh it shall come to pass that his burden shall be taken from off your shoulder and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Not only will he remove burdens, but he'll destroy yokes. You know what a yoke is? A yoke is bondage. How many of you have ever experienced bondages in your life? Bunch of liars. <laughs> you ain't raising your hand. You're a Christian and you're bound up. You know you've got junk. Okay, God wants to break burdens. He wants to remove burdens and he wants to destroy yokes. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be... When the anointing comes, this is what it is. It's the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It's the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. When the anointing comes in the room, it's the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The Holy Spirit has the power to set you free today. I'm telling you the truth. This is good preaching. I'm getting better preaching than I am getting responses. I'll tell you that. I might have to go out there and amen myself. Any Baptists out there can give me an amen? Amen. amen? amen. I might have to jump out there and say hallelujah myself. That's good preaching, brother. Come on, talk about that Holy Ghost. All right, I will. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has the ability to free us from all sin. He has the ability to heal all sickness, all disease. He has the power, the anointing has the power to deal and, and to relieve us of grief and depression he has the power over all the work of the enemy. He has the ability to deliver us from demons and the influence of demons. There is nothing impossible with God. Nothing. I'll say this to you. According to the Bible, the only limits that God has are the limits you put on him. And some of us have limited God and his ability. And you've limited it because of the, the name over the building. Because you've walked in and you said, well, we're Lutheran or we're Catholic or we're Methodist or we're Baptist. Or, and you've limited God based on traditions. And you've limited God based on dogmas and based on theology. Now listen to me. He's bigger than all those things. He's bigger than all those things. Listen, in my life, I have dogmas. I have theologies. I've got them all. I've got degrees. I've got plaques. I've got all kinds of stuff. But you know what the Apostle Paul said about all those things? He said, the rubbish. They mean nothing but for me to know Christ. The rest of it's dung. The rest of it doesn't amount to anything. Jesus wants to touch you. Jesus wants to set you free. In the anointing of God, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, this is what he does. He touches us. Amen? I got scripture for you, Luke 4, 18. Jesus talks about the anointing. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Who's upon him? The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Listen to what he said. He's anointed me. He said, I've been smeared with, covered with, anointed with, rubbed down with, just like when you go to the beach and you smear yourself up with suntan oil. If you don't do that anymore, come to my house and we'll smear up some good meat with some olive oil and we'll put it on the smoker. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm smeared with, covered with. 
I've been anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Listen to the power to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty all who are oppressed. The anointing has the ability to heal and deliver and set you free from anything you got. Amen. There's nothing God can't do. My encouragement to you today is take the limit off of God. Take the limit off of God. Remove him from his limitations. Don't bind him. Loose him. Listen to what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father and he'll, he'll give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. It says the world can't receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I won't leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. He lives inside of us. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, 25. He said, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm encouraging you today to embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm encouraging you today to accept the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm encouraging you today to take all the limits off of the Holy Spirit in your life and trust the Holy Spirit to work inside of you in a great mighty way. Amen? John 15, 26, Jesus said, But when the Helper comes, the Holy Spirit comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Glory be to God. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said all these things about the Spirit of God. He said he's our helper. He abides with us forever. He's the Spirit of truth. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring things to your remembrance. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. He'll guide you. He'll speak to you. He'll show you things to come. Hallelujah. We need this in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit active in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit active in the church. We need the Holy Spirit alive and active in the ministry. Amen. Amen. Jesus made it very clear that his entire ministry was empowered by the Father through the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus made it clear. He said it over and over. I'm not doing this work. The Father in me is doing the work. I'm not doing the work. The Spirit of God is upon me, and He's anointed me to do this work. He's empowered me to do this, and I can do this because of the Spirit of God. Luke 3.21, the Bible says Jesus was baptized. And when, when he was baptized, the Bible says that as he came up out of the water, the heavens were open and the Spirit of the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice from heaven said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Right after Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit and that power came upon him, the next thing you'll see is he goes into the temple in Luke chapter 4, 18. That scripture verse I just read you, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed. 
The apostles write about it in Acts 10, 38, and they say how God anointed Jesus. Who did God anoint? He anointed Jesus with what? With the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power. He anointed Jesus. Now, you would say, okay, well, that's the ministry of Jesus. Well, it doesn't stop there. Jesus was displaying the ministry of the Holy Spirit that he desires to come upon you, that he desires to come upon me, and that he desires for every born-again Christian. Amen? Amen. So on Pentecost Sunday, in Acts chapter number 1, verses 4 and 5, this is Jesus speaking. Being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them. Listen to the language. Jesus commanded them. Listen to how strong it is. It's one thing to ask your kids to do something, but it's another thing to command your kids to do something, is it not? Hey, son, when you get a chance, I want you to take this garbage out. Hey, boy, get that trash and get it out of here. There's a difference, ain't there? Right? When you get a chance, take out that trash. Hey, you, boy, get that garbage and take it out now. Get that can down to the road. See, there's a difference in, a, in an ask and a command. Jesus made a command here. He said, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you've heard of me for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. He said, don't go without this. Now, I don't know about you. There's a lot of theology that wants to fight us against the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but we're not going to do that in this house. We're going to believe for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're going to come in agreement with the Bible. We're going to change our dogmas and our theologies to line up with God's Word. And we're going to allow the ministry of the Holy Spirit to do His work. Amen? There's got to be a church that does it. I want to be one of them. So Jesus said, you need this in your life. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Jesus said to them, you shall receive power. I don't know any Christian who doesn't need power of God in and on their life. Amen? Do you live in the same world that I live in? Are you living out there in this craziness that I'm living in? Are you seeing the insanity that's out there in the world? Okay, yeah, it's out there. And Jesus said, I'll give you something to empower your life. I don't know about you, I need that. Okay, I need the empowerment. I need his help. And if he's going to empower me, then I want his empowerment. He commanded me, you, you stay and you get this and don't leave until you got it. And when you get it, it's going to empower you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said the ministry of the Holy Spirit needs to be an important part of the life of the believer. He does, Jesus desires for you to walk in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's his gift for you to receive the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that you can go out in this life and live in victory. I don't know about you. There's a lot of fights out there. There's a lot of wars out there. There's a lot of demonic attacks out there. There's a lot of warfare going on out there. And we need to be empowered by God to be able to win the war. Amen? Win the war. This is what Jesus desires for us. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Today's the day we remember and we celebrate the giving of this gift to his church. This is the day. 
the day of Pentecost. I want you to think about it. You're in a room just like they were in a room. <laughs> you are, you're in a room just like they were in a the room. They began to believe God for the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They said, Jesus, we're going to wait here like you said, and we're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we're not leaving until it happens. They don't know when it was happening. They don't know how it was going to happen. They have no other than Jesus saying, this is coming. How many of you like to be in the room when that happened? I want to be in this room and let it happen all over again. You say, is anything impossible with God? I'm telling you, no, there's not. There's not anything impossible with God. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, today is that day. And they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. And it sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, I don't know about you. Someone, someone just said, hallelujah. That's me. I received that. I want this in my life. This is the gift Jesus gives. How did they know they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What was the supernatural sign that, 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 that proved that it happened to them? They spoke in a heavenly language. They spoke in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the sign, the initial evidence that this has happened to you. That was the day of Pentecost. Eight years later, eight years later in Acts chapter number 8, Philip goes down to Samaria and he preaches Christ to them. And he spoke with one accord and the people gave heed to the things which Philip spoke. They, they were hearing and seeing miracles that he did. For with unclean spirits crying came out in a loud voice, and many that were possessed with demons were healed. Many that were taken with palsies, and the lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. I don't know about you. How would you like to be in a ministry when that's going on? Amen? Eight years later, Philip is preaching. Philip's anointed. Philip has the anointing of God upon his life. Philip preaches Jesus to the people. The people are getting healed. The people are getting saved. The people are getting delivered. The sick are being healed. The lame are walking. The palsies are taken away. All kinds of things are happening. So much so that the Bible says there's great joy in the city. Amen. I'm telling you right now, in, in, in social Mississippi and on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, God needs a church that can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that there'll be great joy on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. That people will say from all over, they'll come from every denomination and every walk of life and every color, and they'll say, if you need something, go up to that church in Socher. <laughs> Just go sit on the back pew, and, I, and what's going on up there is amazing. And they're a place that they'll pray with you, they'll believe with you, they'll fight the devil with you, and they'll win, and, you'll, and there'll be great joy in the city. There needs to be a church that brings great joy to a city. I want to be a church that brings great joy to a city. 
And at the end of the day, they may say, who's the, who's the pastor up there? I don't know. Who was? Who is he? And the only thing I want them to know is that Jesus is Lord and the Holy Spirit did a great work in them. Amen. And they'll walk out and they'll say, the Holy Spirit touched me and I got healed. Jesus touched me and I got delivered. I walked in there and I got saved and born again and set free and God did it. Who's the pastor up there? You know, I really don't know. Who, who leads their worship up there? Hmm. I can't tell you that either, but I can tell you this. I went there and I walked out, man, and my whole life changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? We want the ministry of the Holy Spirit alive. It brings great joy. Verse number 12 in Acts chapter 8. And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. So Philip preached to them the things concerning the kingdom of God, which we do that here. We, they, they preached the name of Jesus. We preached the name of Jesus here. He baptized them. We baptized them here too. And they baptized both men and women. So from this scripture verse, we can see it shows that the people were experiencing salvation. Amen. The people were receiving Jesus and receiving the gift of eternal life. And their lives were impacted. They received the gift from Almighty God. They received a new birth. But there's an experience following salvation. There's an experience following the new birth, which we're talking to you about today. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the next step in the life of a believer for the church. Because in Acts chapter 8, in verses 14 through 17, you see the next part of the story. These people all got born again. They all believed and trusted in Jesus. They all got saved and healed and delivered, and there's great joy in the city. And in Acts chapter number 8, the Bible says in verse 14, When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. That's powerful. They realized something's going on down there. All those people got born again. They sent Peter and John, who when they came down to them, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. What was the next step to these born-again believers? They sent the apostles down there so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, for as yet he, the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Verse 17 says, then they laid their hands upon them and they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. They were baptized. The same day of Pentecost happened right there. The Spirit of God came upon them and they spoke with other tongues. And some people would say, well, Andrew, when you read these scripture verses, it doesn't say the Samaritans spoke with other tongues. But it doesn't say they didn't either. <laughs> you say, it doesn't say that they, they spoke with tongues here, but it doesn't say they didn't either. Every time the Holy Spirit came and empowered people and fell upon them and empowered them, the initial sign, the evidence was the speaking with other tongues. They received the word of God. After they received the word of God, they were born again. 
If you receive the Word of God, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll be born again. If you repent of your sins and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be born again and heaven will be your home. Amen? <clears throat> but that's not the end. That's the beginning. The next step is to ask Jesus to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. To empower you. To come upon you. To live inside of you. To give you great strength and great power and great ability to do the things of Almighty God. To be His witness. Amen? In Acts chapter 8, verses number 18, Simon the sorcerer was there. And Simon the sorcerer sees the apostles lay their hands upon these people. And he sees them receive the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says. And when Simon the sorcerer, in verse number 9, saw that through the laying on of the hands of the, the apostles, says that the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power, that whoever I lay my hands upon, they may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So something had to have taken place that had to be seen. When they laid their hands upon them, you can't see the Holy Spirit because he's a spirit. So there has to be some sort of a manifestation. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon people, you'll see a manifestation. You'll say, what is it? Well, Jesus said, when the wind blows, you see the trees wave, right? Is that not true? When the wind blows, you see the dust go. When the Holy Spirit comes upon people, you'll see an outward expression on them. Listen, some people will shake. Some people will cry. People will get down on their knees. They'll be overwhelmed with the, uh, an electrical impulse going through their body. They'll be overwhelmed with heat. They'll be overwhelmed with an emotion. They'll be overwhelmed. It's like waves of glory. Because he'll come upon them and they'll feel it. And they'll sense it. And you'll see him manifest. How do you know he's here? Because he heals. People say, I need healing in my body. And we lay hands upon him. And all of a sudden they say, I'm fire. I prayed for a young man right here, Jeff's son. Came down front. He said, I need prayer. I laid my hands upon him, started to pray in tongues. He goes, Brother Andrew, it sure is hot in here. I said, brother, we got the air on. It's about 60, 65, 66 in here. It's burning hot in here. All of a sudden, it turns just red. He said, brother, Andrew, I'm on fire. I said, brother, this is the spirit of God touching you. And he broke. And it was like, oh, my gosh. I said, has this ever happened to you before? No. And he's crying. Here's a young man, big, strong, 20-year-old kid working at Ingalls as a welder standing in front of me, six foot tall, 250 pounds, crying, fire of God on his life. Why? Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to empower you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to do all these things. Take the limits off of God. And let the ministry of the Holy Spirit work in your life. Simon the sorcerer saw something. He saw these men, these people, empowered with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It was evident. I don't have time this morning to tell you about Cornelius in Acts chapter number 10, but I'm going to read some scripture to you very quickly. In Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46 
Go home and read the story of Peter. Cornelius has a dream. He sees a vision. He has an angel come talk to him. Tells him to go send for Simon. He tells him the name, the place, the location. He gives him the address. So you put limits on God. God can't do that. God spoke to a man and told him right where the apostle Peter was. Go get him. Here's the street he's on. Here's the house he's at. Go get him. <laughs> Send men go right down here. While Peter's there, he has a vision, and God sends down all these things to him. He says, I can't eat that stuff. They're unclean. And God says, no. What I call clean, don't you call unclean. Because Gentiles are about to come knock on his door. He said, I'm a Jew. I can't go hang out with Gentiles. But God said, yeah, go with them. So they each have a dream. They each have a vision. They each have something happen. Confirmation. You see, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what he does. And, and Cornelius is affected. And Peter's affected. And they meet up. And when they get together, Cornelius is told, get this guy here. He's going to preach words to you so that you and your whole house can get saved. Oh, isn't that powerful? Don't you want someone to come and speak words so that you and your house can get saved? He brought everybody. He went out and found everybody in his whole family. He found the in-laws, the outlaws, everybody he liked and didn't like. He grabbed the cousins, the nieces, the nephews. He found everybody. He said, get to my house. And he had a house full of people. And Peter shows up and preached Jesus to them. He preached Jesus to them. You can read this story in Acts chapter 10, verse number 44. While Peter yet spoke these words. Listen, Peter's preaching. And while Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed they were astonished. Peter stood there and said, what is going on? Because on the Gentiles also God poured out the Holy Spirit for he heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. Glory be to God. He's preaching Jesus to them. They believe in Jesus. They believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And right then when they believed, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they said, we'll take that too. And they received that. And they were endued with power. And they spoke with tongues and they magnified God. This is the thing we celebrate today. This is the gift that Jesus has for us today. This is the gift that Jesus wants to unlock and give to you, his church. Now, there's many people in this room that would say, Brother Andrew, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm already saved. I'm born again. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. That's me. I'm born again. Jesus is my Savior. There's no doubt about it. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I don't have any questions or doubts that if something happens today, if the roll is called up yonder, I'm going home. Amen? Amen. I have confidence in that. And you should have that confidence. If you don't have that type of confidence, then you come down here and I'll pray with you. And before you leave, you'll have Jesus as your Lord. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many times you've been to church. But if you have some kind of a doubting Thomas inside of you, then you come down here and we'll get that doubt out of you. Amen? Because there's one ticket that you don't want to miss. It's the ticket to heaven. You can miss a lot of tickets. But this is the, this is the ticket to paradise you don't want to miss. 
and I've got two tickets to paradise, and I'll give you one. <laughs> I got two of them, and I'll give you one. Why? Because I'm allowed to. I can lead you to Jesus. I got a ticket, and I can give you one too. Come get your ticket. Amen? So if you're a Christian and you're born again, that's a good place to be. Now what I want you to do as a Christian is to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now I know this may cross your theological lines. This may go beyond your theological boundaries. This may cross over all of your dogmas. But listen to this Catholic boy tell you that it's real. Listen to this Catholic boy tell you that if you'll ask him, he'll come and he'll touch you and it's real. And he'll do something inside of your life that will empower you and change you forever. I got born again in 1992 on the island of Guam. I was talking to my brother today about Guam. And Jesus found me on the island of Guam in 1992. And I got arrested in trouble and sent to see the chaplain. And the chaplain talked to me about Jesus in a way I've never heard before. Talked to me about Jesus and the Ten Commandments, and I've never heard that before. I knew the Ten Commandments because I watched it on TV. I was a good Catholic. I, I, could, I knew some of them, but I didn't know all of them. And that day I discovered that I broke all of God's laws. And that because I violated his law, the penalty was death for me. And if I died under the judgment of God, I had to go to the place where dead souls go, and that was hell. And he left me right there and gave me a hardback Gideon Green Bible and said, go read John's Gospel. And I went back to that barracks carrying that book. I walked in, and all my buddies said, what are you doing with that? I said, with what? That Bible. And I said, i got to read this Gospel of John. Are you going to do it? I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Why? Because the weight of this sin was on me. I went in my room and I read that Gospel of John. And when I had to go back to that chaplain, I said, well, if this Gospel of John is true, I'm Catholic. And I violated all of God's laws like you said, which I have, all ten. Then I guess I'm going to go to hell. And he said, do you want to go there? I said, no, I do not. He said, well, I got good news for you. Will you receive Jesus as your Lord, your Savior? And that day, as a Catholic boy, with, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know any better. I knelt, on my, I knelt down and I asked God to forgive me. And my entire life radically changed. Radically changed. It changed so drastically that the entire battalion knew it. It changed so drastically that I got called up to the lieutenant's office. and I, I, mean, it's a dra I mean, God did dr dr just dramatic things that I can't explain to you. All my friends got saved. All these men came to Christ. All kinds of things happened because the military is a very ungodly place. And when you have a light that shines in such a dark place, it's easy to see it. And I was a big mouth back then and wasn't afraid to just tell you. And I didn't have all the cooth that I have now. I mean, I didn't show up like this and talking real nice to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to look at some of these CBs and say, listen, knucklehead, and talk to them, and they'll receive. And they did. And I was born again for years, received a call to the ministry, and did all these things for years. And then I come to that place in my life where I realize there's got to be more. There's got to be more. 
There's got to be more. And then the Holy Spirit fell on Brownsville in 1995. And I found myself right down front. Now listen, Catholic. <laughs> in a Pentecostal place. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? So theology and all that stuff. Mm. But I, I had to go. I had to go find out. And as I stood down there and the glory of the Lord filled the room, I remember when they came and prayed for me. I remember I went out on the floor. And it felt like I went out on the floor and I stood back up. I mean, it felt like 30 seconds. I stood down there for a little while and I went back to my seat and sat down. My good friend Denzel Brooks is sitting next to me and Denzel goes, how was it? I said, it's amazing. I said, the only thing I can't figure out is how come so many people are laid out for so long and I laid down and got up. He said, what are you talking about? I said, man, I hit that floor and I got right back up within a couple of minutes. He said, I watched you lay there for 45 minutes. I said, 45 minutes? He said, 45 minutes. I said, man, are you serious? He said, oh, yeah. He said, you're out, son, 45 minutes. I got up and I thought, wow. All right, Lord, what's happening here? And I began to ask Jesus for this. I began to seek after him. And I began to hunger for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I remember at a midnight prayer meeting, Dick Partridge is there. Our dear sister Sally's here. I've known Dick for many, many years. The pastor of the church said, take this young man upstairs to the third room, upper floor, and don't bring him back till you got the full manifestation. I didn't know what that meant, but they thought, man, if anybody's going to get it, this kid's going to get it. They took this young boy up these stairs. We went all the way up to the third floor, and Brother Dick began to talk to me about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit wants to come upon me, how the Holy Spirit wants to endue me with power, how the Holy Spirit wants to give me a supernatural prayer language, how the Holy Spirit wants to do a great work inside of me. And I said, Brother Dick, I want that. He said, would you just lift your hands and begin to thank God? And I just lifted my hand. There's no music. There's me. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. You hear me sing. I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. Every time I sing over the microphone, Paul mutes me. And he says, Andrew, don't sing. <laughs> or he turns it up, way up, turns my mic way down. Because you know what category I am? I'm in the joyful noise category. But you know what my noise is? It's pleasing to him. Because I sing to the one who saved me. I sing to the one who delivered me. I sing to the one who found me and healed me and, and took me out of sin and took this drug addict alcoholic and changed his whole life. I'm like David. He found me out in the middle of nowhere and he brought me to the palace. And I can't help but tell you, glory to Jesus, I'm saved. Glory to the king. Now... Most Catholics, you'd say, they don't act that way. Well, this one does. This one does. I'll jump for him. I'll shout for him. And that day in that upper room, I lifted my hands, and I began to just thank God. I began to worship God. And the power of God came all over me, and I began to speak with other tongues. And I tell you, I got so drunk I couldn't walk. I got so drunk I couldn't stand. I got, so, I got so drunk in the spirit, I didn't know, I thought, oh my goodness, the presence of God was in the room, the whole place just filled up, and we worshiped God and sang, and I laid there on the floor, and then we all laughed, and then we all cried, and Brother Dick said, Andrew, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, we got to go home, 
I said, okay, Brother Nick, let's go home. I couldn't walk down the stairs. He, he, he ushered me out to my truck, and he said, can you drive? I said, I don't know, but I'm gonna, I guess I have to, don't I? He said, if they stop you, don't tell them you're drunk. <laughs> they won't get it. I thought, okay. But that day, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and my life went to the next level. God began to show me things. God began to speak to me. And listen, I'm just like you. I'm just a man who loves him. And if you'll love him and give him your heart and you'll ask for the Holy Spirit to work in your life, he'll do it. He'll reveal things to you. He'll teach you just like Jesus said. He'll show you things to come just like Jesus said. He'll give you dreams. He'll give you visions. He'll do wonderful things inside of you if you'll just let him. My encouragement to you, it's 12.03. Why don't you just stand to your feet? We're going to go. We're going to play that song one more time. Here it comes, heaven. If you desire to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and this has not happened to you, I'm encouraging you, don't run out the back door just now. Take a moment, lift your hands before the Father, and say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come into my life. Holy Spirit, I ask you to baptize me in your spirit. Holy Spirit, I cry out to you and I ask you, baptize me. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. If that's your desire, I want you to say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I desire today to be baptized with your Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Your word says that I can have this. And I believe what your word says. So right now, by faith, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Now just lift your hands and begin to thank him. If you have your heavenly prayer language, I want you to release it. If you can speak in tongues this morning, I want you to release your heavenly language. Come on, all over this room. Come and release it so the person next to you can hear. It's okay. If you want us to lay hands upon you to receive this, I'm asking you to come and come now. Come quickly. Come now. Come quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay my hands upon Joe. Changing the
lift your hands before the Father. Lift your hands up to Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we say thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We receive the gift and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our church and in our lives. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way inside of me. Have your way inside this church. Have your way inside my life. I surrender my life to you. Lead me. Teach me. Show me things to come. Speak to me and remind me everything that Jesus ever said and did. I surrender to you and to your word in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I told you you had a good day to come to church. Hallelujah. Happy Pentecost to you. Lord bless you. Have a great Memorial Day. Go eat something and do something great. Do a great American thing. Make some hamburgers and some hot dogs and eat some apple pie. Fly 